Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Beat. Plenty of festive football for fans to get stuck into in the coming days. And what better way to prepare than with a dose of your favourite Gunners podcast. Uh, given the magnitude of Saturday's fixture away to Liverpool, it only seems right to go full on Mikel Arteta and prepare our guests accordingly. So... That's more than enough for that, bollocks. Um, I'm Mark Man Bryans from PA Media, and today I'm joined by the Evening Standard, Simon Collings, and a debuting Jordan Davies from The Sun. <laughs> Guys, we'll get to Liverpool away shortly, but let's kick off with a bit of reaction to that Champions League draw. Um, Simon, it's Porto. Where would that rank on the scale of difficulty, do you think, for Arsenal? I think it's a pretty good draw to get. Um, I think when you're looking through the teams, um, I mean, PSG obviously stood out as one you wanted to avoid, but Inter Milan as well, you know, top of Serie A, I think was another one that you didn't really want. Um, when I was looking at it, I had sort of Porto and Copenhagen as the two I thought would be best for Arsenal. I thought Copenhagen would be best, but Porto, um, you know, I think it's a pretty good tie. Second leg at home. I know Arsenal haven't won there before, but you know that the last time they played them was sort of 12, 13 years ago. And I think that sort of idea of Porto having this sort of impenetrable fortress has weakened a bit. You know, Liverpool won their 5-1 a few years ago. Bruges won their 4-0 last season. So I think Arsenal will be pretty happy with that. Um, and I think quietly confident about, you know, getting into the quarterfinals, which was something they struggled to do towards the end of that Wenger era. Gordon, did you show you just how crucial it is to top top those Champions League groups? I know it's, it was a bit of a foregone conclusion, people thought, when they saw who Arsenal are up against, but progressing as group winners, it, it really does have that tangible difference, I think, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And we've seen Arsenal in the past kind of uh, uh, manage to muck up kind of groups in, in Champions League when 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 they really probably probably should have. And, and I know we were kind of all... Seeing, seeing seeing that PSV lineup and the way he changed things about and and it was a real and the most dead rubber of dead rubbers, but but it, it was just such a nice feeling I guess for Mikel and the team to know that they can go in there they can prepare from the off and and actually I, I think the way they dismantled the likes of Sevilla and that 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 away win I think one one of the best wins of the season and and that, that really set them on their way and then and then beating PSV at home as well I I, I think it's been an incredibly successful. Group stage four, four of them. I think Mikel would have targeted top of the group um, from the off and wouldn't have seen any problems with that. And his team um, has proved that um, this season. Oh, but it's it, it's um it's a well worn trope now, isn't it? That Arsenal get to the last sixteen and then get thrashed by a team. So it's also quite nice that they'll probably go into that as favourites. But but how far can they go realistically? Do you think? And also, how far do they have to go for it to be deemed as a successful return to the Champions League? I mean, I think, I think if they made the quarterfinals, I think that would be a pretty good return. Um, if you'd said that at the start of the season, I think supporters would have said that was a good effort, given how long they've been out of the competition. And also, as you say, you know, how many times did we see Arsenal get to the last sixteen and then get sort of dumped out by Bayern Munich? 
Um, and as you say, we've seen the value of top in the group here. But yeah, I think quarterfinals would be a good effort. And I, I think looking at the draw, you know, I think those all of those quarterfinal ties are going to be really big, big clashes. Like a lot of those big sides are being kept apart. So I think they're, they're really going to, the level is going to go up then. And if they make the semifinals, I think it'll be a fantastic achievement. But for Arteta, this is something... Um, you know, he spoke about it before, didn't he, in a few press conferences, how this is something that he wants to sort of, you know, add to his CV, a good European run. They obviously had it one season in the Europa League, but there were no fans for those games. And I think for Arsenal this season, sort of winning some big European knockout ties would be a big step for this squad, especially for Arteta as well. Jordan, Simon mentioned it there about this. there's going to be a step up in, in quality now going into the, into the knockout stages. In a weird way, the, the the relative strength or I suppose weakness of that group that they came out of could could that maybe work against Arteta and his players in the sense that other than that Seville game they they weren't really tested were they? No, I agree, and and, and I, I can see that as well. I know Mikel kind of played his pretty much his full strength team for for all of the games, so I think he's got a pretty good idea of how his team reacts in Europe. But no, it's a it's a really good point. Arsenal really haven't been challenged. In Europe this season, they haven't really met a, a, a big, big team in Europe over, over the last kind of um, four or five years. So it could be um, a shock to the system. And Simon makes a really good point about because all the big teams are kind of being kept away from each other. And, and other than maybe Napoli and Barcelona, there isn't really a standout tie. So that quarterfinal is it, it, it could be a real shock to the system. But I also think it's what this this group needs. It's a real young group and it needs that test. And I, and I don't think Arteta will learn anything from his side by by playing the likes of Porto or, or Copenhagen. I think he'll learn about his team and when they play PSG, uh, Inter Milan, Real Madrid, that's when he'll really find out what this team needs to then become a European force. And they still need three, four, five players to really become that European team that Arteta wants Arsenal to be. <laughs> Time now, guys, for Outside of Arsenal, where I ask a question and you both give me, hopefully, a nice, succinct answer. Um, it's on a football matter away from the Emirates Stadium. Jordan, as the newcomer, we'll let you go first. And your little question is, forget Ivan Tony. Dominic Solanke should be the top target for any club trying to sign a striker in January. Uh, in the most succinct way possible. Um, I think the big question with that is, would... Solanke take Arsenal or any real top six, top eight team to the next level. And you'd I'm in the position now where I'd probably say no. I think it would be a massive risk still for any club to um to go for Solanke, regardless of what he's done for Bournemouth this season. And I think the most impressive thing for Solanke this season is that even when Bournemouth were struggling in the early stages of Areola and trying to get under his tactics, and he he still got scored three and seven, so he was still producing and now when Bournemouth are playing even better he, he's scoring even more goals so but we seem to have this thing in England when any English striker starts scoring goals we seem to think where can he go to um, can he go to a bigger sexier shinier club and for Solanke I just think that would be the complete wrong thing to do especially in January and just wait for uh, and wait for the summer try and crack the Euro score which is again uh, unlikely but he's got a good crack at it and and then go from there. I still think Ivan Tony's slightly above him, but again, he's been out for so long. There's still that risk of how he's going to return. So, yeah, to answer your question, um, no, but I think either Slanky or Tony are a big risk right now. 
perfectly succinct, Jordan. Don't you worry about that. And um, Simon, for you, we go with history and tradition is all well and good, but the Premier League should have a two-week winter break over Christmas and New Year. Um, I mean, for, for my own personal work life, I would say definitely have a break and let's all be off work. But um, I actually think, no, no, I think you should just keep the the festive fixtures. Um, I do think it is a good bit of the calendar and it is, you know, what makes the Premier League quite unique, isn't it? Those Boxing Day run of games. I think it has, it's the compromise now definitely looks a bit better. I think they've taken out one round of fixtures, so it's not quite as congested for the players. Um, but I would, I would keep it in place. And I think you would probably get, most supporters agree with that, bar this idea of the Christmas Eve game, which we've got this year and hopefully won't be a regular occurrence. Yeah, lo- losing that game on the 12th, because it used to just essentially be quite rigidly Boxing Day, the 28th and New Year, didn't it? Which was yeah. just not good enough for anybody, was it? That just didn't work. But now almost the spread of fixtures because of TV rights has given, you know, it's, it's a bit of a payoff that we don't normally see where fans actually benefit maybe from from some TV deals. Mikel Arteta celebrated his four-year anniversary as Arsenal boss. Uh, so, yeah, I want to come to you both again and get a high point and a low point of his tenure. So, let's start Let's start low and aim high. So, Simon, what, what do you think for you is the low point of, of Mikel Arteta's four years? Um, well, I think probably, probably for me, and maybe it's because we were sort of there uh, and a lot of people weren't able to be there because of COVID, was that sort of run of games at the start of... Um, the 2020-2021 season where they seem to always be on the Sunday 7.15 slot and always seem to lose to whoever came to the Emirates. I can particularly remember that Aston Villa game where Watkins and Grealish dismantled them. But that sort of start to the season was really sort of testing um, and it obviously turned around quite famously when sort of Smith Rowe came into the team and him and Saka sort of drove Arsenal forward. But yeah, that run of games I feel like was a real low point and you know, with hindsight, maybe if the stadium had been full, if fans had been there, would it have been different? Um, I do wonder that given the connection Arteta's got with fans wasn't really forged at that point. But for me, yeah, that was the sort of low. Um, I can't remember what sort of record it got to, but I think it was sort of their worst start since like the 1980s. And it really felt like you were getting to that point where you couldn't really see a way out. And um, Arteta found that. But yeah, that, that for me has got to be the low. And Jordan, same question, mate. What do you think in terms of that of that, of that low? Um, I think for me, it has to be the Tottenham game, uh, the end of the twenty one twenty two season. Um, I think before then, I think fans were finally starting to see Mikel come good, and they were starting to think that he suddenly made Arsenal into a top four team again, capable of maybe going to the next level and competing. And that that three 0 defeat, I think they come off the back of four or five wins on the bounce and going to Tottenham, they're all very confident and. Yeah, that that loss, um, Rob Holding, Son. Um, I I I think it was a real um, sucker punch. I think it was maybe the first time that Arteta, well, other than that run Simon spoke about, but that that, that game probably really made him doubt kind of his, his 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 own selections. I know he had injuries as well, but but I think I think that was the first time that the Arsenal fans really started to properly doubt whether he could be the person to take Arsenal to the next level. I remember Gary Neville. Saying that you know Arteta's kind of ceiling is finishing fourth and that sort of it, and maybe Arsenal fans will think, well, and well, maybe that's right. But um, thankfully, that wasn't the case. But but I, I think I think that's a game that probably still 
lives inside Arteta on a, a weekly basis. Yeah, you definitely feel that that's, that could be fuel to the fire and whenever they go into those big games now that they hopefully learn from that. Um, talking of learning from things, high high point for Arteta. Simon, what would you go for for that? I think there's quite a few to choose from in fairness to him. Yeah, there is. Um, I mean, I'm, if you're going all Arteta, you would say he hasn't had it yet. But uh, <laughs> I think, um, I mean, I'd put the FA Cup up there, that FA Cup win. Um, and I think, I think the value of that was that it bought him that time that we spoke when he had that difficult period that we spoke about, that he had that sort of credit in the bank and, you know, a tangible thing to hold on to of, of winning a trophy uh, and got him a lot of buy and certainly from the powers above him that he was the right person to be. Um, but for me, I, I, I kind of think, I mean, I, I really feel like this sort of been quite recent, obviously feeling it, but that win against Manchester City, um, has to be quite a big high point for him because that for so long had been sort of Arsenal's Achilles heel against a team like that uh, and not sort of having that ability in the big games. And it's something that sort of shifted that season. And I feel like in terms of belief in the title race this season, I think beating Manchester City at home for me feels like a really significant moment. And when when we look back on this season, whatever happens, I think that'll be, be a real big, big monkey off Arsenal's back. Yeah, that, that cup when you think about it, it's, it's what Unai Emery didn't have, isn't it? I'm not saying things, were, we, you know, we had the pod a few weeks ago. I'm not saying things would have worked out for Emery, but if he'd won that Europa League final, you'd imagine it'd have, you know, you get the credit in the bank then, don't you? Um, Jordan, what about for you? What what stands out as a high for you? Uh, well, seeing as, as it's my debut, I thought I'd go for a a, a, a weird one that, that would probably get me some form of abuse. I, I, I actually think one of the best things that... Arteta's had is the Amazon documentary and I, I know I know that sounds strange because he got a lot of mockery he got a lot of laughs from it but I do think it was a great distraction point for Arsenal fans I think Arsenal fans could actually see behind the scenes of that season when we spoke about the Spurs game and I, I think it's, it's very easy for fans when when teams are when your team is losing to suddenly throw a thing at the manager but I think they look behind the scenes and, and saw that actually what Arteta is do, um, um, was doing during that time was the right thing. And, and it was actually partly the players as well that let him down. And and again, it was an incredible distraction point and, and, and it kind of brought a few laughs. And I think Arteta was then able to kind of build on from that and show that, look, I do know what I'm doing. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean, you've seen me in a dressing room. You've seen me up close and personal. And yeah, it, it brought that personability that I think any manager under pressure needs because it just, again, it buys that, that bit of time. So yeah, long live the Amazon doc. It might be a debut, Jordan, but you've learned very well how to link it to the next questions. Uh, so you can definitely come back. Um, at the top of the show, I played You'll Never Walk Alone, obviously a tactic employed by Arteta in that all or nothing documentary ahead of a trip to Anfield. Infamously, you could say, given that it led to a, it was 4-0 defeat, wasn't it? Um, Jürgen Klopp last night said Liverpool fans need to be noisier and should give away their tickets if they didn't want to get behind the team. What message is he sending there, Jordan? Is he sending a message to his own fans? Is he saying we need to be more up for a game against Arsenal? You, you know, it, it was a strange one, really, from, from Klopp, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it's it's either genius or utterly stupid um, from Klopp. I mean, if it backfires and the crowd isn't as loud as he wants and, and, and they go on to lose, all he'll be asked about after the game is, what are the crowd like? Can they be louder? Is that a reason that they've, and they've lost? And it's just not open a, a massive can of worms. Or 
they could suddenly um, erupt and 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 suddenly lead Liverpool to another famous um, Anfield win. I, I I do think it's a bit of mind games, and I think Klopp has done it previously where he's just wanted to kind of g everyone up. But it, it was asking fans that if you don't want to come, just give your ticket away. I think I think that's maybe stepping slightly over the line, and, and I think that's quite dangerous, and it probably would have angered a lot of Liverpool fans, but. Yeah, it's either brilliance or madness. And normally with Klopp, it's a bit of both. But I guess for Arsenal, they hope it's it kind of has the opposite effect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Simon, we 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 talk about this Anfield atmosphere. Have, have Arsenal, do you think, shrink shrunk shrunk there in previous years? They've struggled a lot, haven't they, when they've when they've gone to Anfield. Is that part of it? Or I mean clearly Arteta thinks that it is, or do we read too much into it? No, I think um I mean, I'm trying to think back of games that I've been to see there, but and I'd have to sort of go through the sort of stats in it. But there's there's been times there where Arsenal have just sort of crumbled a bit and folded when they've sort of gone behind, and it's the sort of manner of the defeats as much as anything that have been particularly painful. You know, they've sort of thrown things away and and kind of feel like they've a bit like West Ham did, you know, in the Carabao Cup, where you sort of go a few behind and it just looks like they absolutely collapse. Um, I think last season was. Definitely a marked improvement of that. You know, obviously disappointing being two goals up and then drawing 2-2. Um, but that is, I think, definitely the way the atmosphere has got on top of them. Which it, Anfield, you know, the atmosphere, I think Klopp was right there about it wasn't great for the Man United game. But when it gets up, particularly for those European nights, you normally see it, it is a difficult place to go. I think now Arsenal do have a team uh, in terms of their style of play that should be able to cope with it better than it ever have had under Arteta like the whole team is built around control and you know minimal chances for the other team so if they've ever going to have a chance where they go there and get a result in that way I think this is the team to do it um, particularly when you look at those sort of Gabriel Saliba Rice you know three imposing players like that they're not going to get a better chance in this they won't ever be set up as well as they are for this so I, I think they should believe that they can they can end that long way and sticking with you Simon you, you picked out that quote from Klopp where he talked about you know, I shouldn't need to have to argue with the opposing manager on the touchline. Do, do you think that was a bit of a, trying to get a bit of a nibble off Mikel? I think so. I'm trying to make, it wasn't last season, was it? Was it two seasons ago where the two of them, two of them went at it? Um, and I remember, I think it was Mane caught someone with an elbow for a header and Arteta sort of kicked off at it. And, and last season, I know a lot of people drew towards Granite Xhaka and the sort of flashpoint that occurred with him. Um I don't know if I fully agreed with that, but there are those sort of, definitely when you go to Anfield, there is a way to ignite the crowd. And obviously Klopp, I think, you know, it's a compliment to Arsenal that he said what he said um, in the way that he wants the atmosphere to be what it has. And I think that might also be a reflection of Klopp being like, this Arsenal team have evolved and grown to the level where they're not so easily to get suckered into a flashpoint or kick off or, you know, they, they're going to come here and be quite controlled and measured. Um, whether they do that or not, we'll have to wait and see. But I think this is now an example for Arsenal to show how far they've come under Arteta and how they are one of these big teams because a big team will go there and put in a statement performance. And I think Klopp is aware that Arsenal are now really, really serious title contenders and, and a team that can win the league. Jordan, I think I think it's fair to say Simon's so straight there, but is, is this idea of game management, it, it's different to, to going out and in blowing teams away, isn't it? The game management, and that comes, I think, with with time, doesn't it? And and this team now, do you think it has that, that game management to go to Anfield? Yeah, I think it's one of the most impressive parts of the season, the way that people have been saying that Arsenal haven't looked as exciting, they haven't scored as many goals, or they or they're just not the team they were last year. But I think that's the 
the most impressive thing that they're able to kind of go through games a bit almost Man City like that they're very methodical and and it isn't scoring two goals in the first 10 minutes and then kind of hanging on they're very able to control a game not just for 20 30 minutes but for for 90 minutes I think if they were able to do that at Anfield I think it would be one of the most impressive performances Arteta has ever had at Arsenal I think he almost did it last season going um going two nil up and then Trent had a go at Shaka and suddenly they scored before half-time and then, and then it sort of kind of Liverpool always looked like they were going to get the equaliser but I I, I kind of I, I still doubt that they I don't think any team really can go and just get a 1-1 at Anfield and stop and stop Liverpool from from scoring or the fan getting rolled, rolled up so it will be unbelievably difficult but if they were to pull it off and they as Simon said they have um, the best chance under Arteta that they've ever had, really, to to control it. And uh, a 1-0 win would be an unbelievable result. On that basis, Simon, when, when you wait with the fact Arsenal are top of the league again at the moment, Liverpool are, are quite close behind. We had in there Arsenal's recent run at Anfield. What would constitute a good result on Saturday for, for Arsenal? I think if Arsenal go there and don't lose... I think they'll be they'll be pleased with that if you know they're going to be top. Well, might not be top on Christmas Day if Aston Villa go and go beat Sheffield United. But yeah, I think if they can go there and and not lose, I think they'll take that as a as a well earned point. Um, you know, I think as, as Jordan says, it's so, so difficult for teams to go there and try and keep Liverpool out. Um, but yeah, I think if you can go there and you come away from Anfield and you've not lost, I think you'd, you'd be pretty happy if you were any team. We haven't done it for a while, guys, but we'll, we'll round it off with a with a prediction for for what you think on Saturday, Simon. I think it will be. Um, I think Arsenal are going to win. I think they're going to end their weight, and I think they will win two one. And Jordan, as a newbie, you can have the, you can have the final say. This is this word is gospel. I think. <laughs> um. I'm 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 going to say one all. I just can't see Arsenal not um, I'm conceding at least one at Anfield. But I think they're going to be able to control the game enough um, to be able to leave with a point. And as Simon said, that would be an incredible result and just move on because um, so often Anfield can be a season destroyer as Arsenal know um, so well. Last week, ahead of the Brighton game, Arsenal organised heartfelt tributes to commentator Russell Hargreaves, who sadly died earlier in the month uh, at the age of 45. Uh, a lot of the panel who contributed to the Arsenal beat knew Russell well. Uh, he was a true professional and a master of his craft. Uh, we'd like to dedicate this show to his memory and point listeners towards a Just Giving page set up to help his family at this time. Uh, a link for this can be found on our Twitter account. Stay safe, everyone. Into the corner, Pastor Nana. A twist, a turn. And-